0: what is going on everybody it is wednesday and you are listening to crossing broadcast i am your host adam Lefko. you can hit me up on twitter at adam Lefko, aka the young divorcee uh it's just you have to understand you have to listen to the show uh, we also have russell joy at joy on broad and kyle scott at crossing broad and uh yeah we did an hour on monday but uh y'all never heard it and i'm sure you're wondering why Kyle, what happened? So because yeah, I don't so, even I don't even know yet, guys. Like I don't even know <laughs> what happened.
1: I really hope Kyle doesn't start off with "I am not a crook."
2: No. Um, Has so yeah, to everyone prolly. listening, um, uh, first off, we started um, we started recording. Adam and I, Russ wasn't on yet, uh, and we started off talking about I forget what we were talking about. Uh, so that re- that part recorded. Then Russ jumped on. When Russ jumped on, we restarted our recording session on this thing called TriCast. We use it's sort of the middleman that records it for us. It's like like Skype, but made for podcasting. Um, so we restarted at that point. Adam, you had to leave early, so when you signed off, um, I guess what happens with this thing is it records all three calls like simultaneously. And I guess if when you stop. If someone like completely drops out before the recording is finished and like leaves the session it kind of screws with it now, now this has happened once before um, and it said Do you want to try and salvage the audio and I hit okay and within like 10 seconds it populated the third track and it was no problem when I did that the other day I just got a spinning wheel of like in the browser just a spinning wheel saying you know we are regenerating your track and I I tried it for forty-five minutes. Nothing. I went. I went down. I started the website. Came back up on my laptop. It was still spinning. It was locked up. I tried reloading it. All that stuff. So I think our intermediary lost the entire second portion of the convo, and all we were left with was like fifteen minutes of you and I shooting the shit at him before Russ got on. So uh, that was a that was about the extent of it. Oh man! And our the backup only- recording was never turned on. <laughs> The only positive is that
1: now people are not going to have to be subjected to your just atrocious takes on LeBron James. Ugh. I think you just bought yourself a second life.
0: I'm going to be honest, guys. That's what I think really happened. I think Kyle got really upset because what you missed before Ross got on was we talked about Michael Phelps and the Shark. We talked about a bunch of stuff. And then afterwards, Kyle became pro-LeBron I'm putting all my chips in the table. That's all we're going to get is LeBron. He said that he wouldn't trade Markel Fultz uh, for Kyrie Irving. Um, just a lot of crazy stuff. And I, Kyle, I think deep down, I think that's what happened. That's my theory.
2: First of all, it's not. Second of all, I, I'll, I would. I don't know if we want to go into the whole conversation yet, but I would double down on all of those things. Well, we I, can't I don't think...
0: because it's. We can't because we're starting 40 minutes late. Because then. Kyle, what happened this morning? This is the first time that Kyle's been late, so we all need to talk about it. because We've all been late, Russ and I. This is the first time that Kyle's been late.
2: Uh, yeah, I had a, had a meeting last night, and I didn't get home till like 11.30 and fall asleep till 12, which is like a good two and a half hours past my bedtime. So uh, we all get them all again. But- the
1: future of the podcast was in doubt for a small bit of time. <laughs> Kyle tweeted out on Monday looking for people for a great writing opportunity. Provided no details, just said that he wanted to get writers, and then went totally MIA in our Slack chat for the the better part of two days, and then when he it was like what Adam six twenty well, you don't write
0: so he wasn't replacing you
1: yeah the writer yeah, yeah,
0: thing no no, no has I thing know but do. I
1: Adam you never know it's the ever changing media landscape maybe he thought that the podcast wasn't worth it anymore and he was gonna go he's gonna double down on writing the no, anti Fox no,
2: no, Sports model. It has nothing to do with with this podcast or Crossing Broad. And when Russ, when you texted me about it, you are like, "What are you up to with the writers?" I, the only answer I would give is, "I say we're reinventing journalism." That's what I'll say. I'll be, I'll be I'll be super vague and weird about it. It is really um, it is super vague and it is super weird. Stay <laughs> tuned. So. That is what the meeting was about, though. I'll tell you that much. Oh, so but it has nothing to do with the the merits of this podcast or the website. Uh, it impacts this none. So other than the fact that I slept in. So uh, there you have it. Um, I would I would happily do a five minute version of the LeBron Kyrie conversation because that is not why there is no show on Monday. I am I am feeling good about my viewpoints. Can I just say really quick?
1: I did my homework and I watched what the health. And I did not like it at all. So, this thing that you've held up as your holy grail was one of the worst documentaries I've watched.
0: It. That was actually what I led the podcast with on Monday was my girlfriend that is a health professional watched it and told me, Adam, there are so many lies in this. It is fucking crazy. Yes. She said that that they literally showed a candy store and were like, no, this doesn't cause diabetes, but meat does. And she's like, Adam, it's well documented that sugar is one of the leading causes. And then on Monday, I went into a rant about how there needs to be some form of regulation for documentaries because people think that documentaries are always accurate because of the word documentary and they don't realize that it's typically a one-sided viewpoint. I went to the, I think I've already talked about this. I went to a screening of a documentary about the new president of Haiti like a year ago and it made him look like an absolute saint and people were applauding and standing up after this documentary and I googled him during the Q&A and he ended up being like the worst leader they've ever had. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is a crock of shit. And that documentary scare me because people think they're learning. People think when they watch a documentary that it's they're using their time wisely. But it also could be one-sided propaganda. And this What the Health definitely probably has some good points. We shouldn't be eating a lot of meat and dairy. Facts. Agreed. Not as much as we're currently eating. Or if you could not do it at all, awesome. But I hear that it's nonsense, Russ.
1: So let me give you a 30-second recap. One, this guy has – I don't like my voice, but this guy's voice is that kind of whiny San Francisco kind of like, "Uh, I didn't know that the food I'm eating could possibly kill me. It's that for an hour and a half. So we've got that. He's cold calling hotlines for like the American Cancer Society and um, the American Diabetes Association – he he calls like these people i'm assuming are used to getting a call that, that from like a woman in in panic who says like i have a lump and i need to know i don't have health insurance how do i do right. this and they're used to that kind of thing and he's calling and saying to like the american cancer site he's like why is it that your website lists uh red meat as a preferred <laughs> type of food when there are studies that show that red meat can lead to cancer why do they put that on their website? Admittedly, and, that's and, a cheap like, tactic. People, that's and then people are Moore like, tactic. I don't have an Sheep. answer for you. And he's like, so they had to connect me to someone else. Of course they did. If you call Apple and you say, like, <laughs> Apple's used to, hey, I'm locked out of my iPhone. Like, my dad's <laughs> 70, okay? My dad has locked himself out of his iPhone so many times. They're like, if my dad called and said, hey, I locked myself out of my iPhone, they know what to do there. But if if you called Apple and said, hey, um... I couldn't help but notice that Steve Jobs used to support socialism. Can you tell me why? <laughs> like, they're not. They're, no, you don't do that. So I, I couldn't stand that part. Uh, God, it was, and it was. They they used imagery that made it look like a horror movie, where they they're yeah. like they're they're putting instead of like French fry or not French fries. Instead of like putting chicken nuggets on the plate, they put cigarettes. And then they use the imagery of a kid smoking a cigar because smoking isn't even as bad as as red meat. I'm like, are you kidding me? Look, you can, you can push whatever narrative you want, but you're right. If you don't regulate what a documentary is, somebody will watch that and think that it is absolutely pure fact. They don't cite any studies from the other side. If you're doing a good documentary, you show both sides of an argument. It's almost like
0: the yeah, – That's uh, what I'm saying, Russ, is that there's no rules and like- – No, I know. I'm – People, I'm saying People just go to HBO Go and then click on documentaries and go, what am I going to learn about today? Well, it's interesting. Yep, that's it was, the
2: power of – as we were getting ready to start this, there was a CBS Philly article about, I guess, some new Netflix thing about anorexia that's getting a lot of attention because it's controversial. And, like, the point is, like, some of these places now have such power. You know, they have power the way the old networks used to. You know, if something was on ABC in prime time 20 years ago, it was – Wow, this is like the whole nation would kind of take notice and Netflix has got that stronghold at least with a, you know a certain younger demographic now. It has um, now
0: happened I, with this. It has happened with stranger things. It happens with every comedy special, most notably sure. Chappelle recently. I agree. But like, it's but like the it's documentary the new thing. front page for entertainment.
2: Right, and when they put a big documentary on there, it, it does, it can influence people. I think I said that you, Adam, on Monday on our lost tapes, or that part might actually still exist. I'm but looking forward to that, like, showing up one day. The, um, the, so the movie was basically pushing veganism or whatever, and, and th- there actually are a lot of health, like, to your point. It, it actually is better if you eat vegetables and stuff, but... Long story short is, if you go on Google, I was like, let me see how powerful Netflix is. So you go on Google and you go to like their keyword tool, if you're buying AdWords or their Trends tool, I forget which one it was, and you could put in any term and you could see over the last five years, at what point was it at its most popular and then where has it been in the intermediary? And when you type the word vegan into the Google Trends tool, for the last five years, it it spikes right before January 1st as people you know get on their health kicks and diets and research it. Right around January 1st, it spikes, and then through the rest of the year, it just tails off till the end of the year, and then there's a little spike and so on. And then the, when this documentary came out, I guess it was the middle of June, the, the search term does like a hockey stick up and straight to the number 100. So it's at its most popular search uh, quantity it's ever been. Right now, and that's kind of like regardless of what the topic is, that's the power of Netflix. You put something on there that's in the new and noteworthy or whatever, whatever they call it, and it has like a real impact. And and unlike the old networks and stuff, there's there's not a whole lot of editorial oversight other than, hey, will people want to watch this? Yes, all right, let's let's buy it and, and put it in our lineup this month.
1: Yeah. Netflix is in really tricky territory with this anorexia thing and with Thirteen Reasons Why. The one of the biggest groups of people who watch Netflix are kids, high school age, middle school age kids. There were school districts that were sending around uh, notes to parents about the dangers of letting their kid watch Thirteen Reasons Why alone because they felt like it glorified what suicide is. And this anorexia thing is is catching the same kind of heat. And I'm not like calling for some kind of you know moderation on on how you put you know buffers on what your kids watch, but you got to be careful and. And I think Netflix is being a little bit reckless. In uh, They're a little bit tone deaf to the, to the group of, of impressionable kids that are, that are uh, you know, tuning in and watching their stuff.
2: I will tell you, we, we watched the hell out of Paddington Bear on Saturday on Netflix, and it was fantastic. So well, Strong great. Nicole Kidman performance in that, by the way.
0: Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but so, I, I, I agree with Netflix. Um, man. All right, Russell. Glad you watched it. I, I don't really want to watch it. I, I don't recommend it. Yeah, it, I don't think so.
1: I got fifteen minutes in. My wife took took the kids for the I day. I feel the
0: same way about what the health that I do when I heard that Russell Wilson was like on a new diet, and then I it, and he was like he's dropped seventeen percent body fat in one summer, and I was like, damn, what's he eating? And it was like his diet Sierra. includes. You know his diet includes vegetables, no red meat, lean meats, a lot of water, exercise, and I'm like motherfucker, that's every weight loss plan ever, and that's what I don't understand about all these things. Is everybody knows what they're supposed to eat and what they're not supposed to eat, and yet we constantly have to be reminded. I don't oh, know. I, have, I have, I have one other complaint. The. The people that they used in the documentary, they're they're talking
1: about like there's this one woman who stands out. She ends up on I think like eight different medications for like asthma, and then she's taking like oxy for pain, and she's like a very overweight lady, and they, they like talk about how after two weeks of being on a, a vegan diet, she stops taking all of her medications. So that's that's like and perfectly she, that's like perfectly logical, right? Like that's something. And she's like there's strolling there's down never the a warning i don't remember in the beginning of the movie and i don't remember when that woman was on on the screen any kind of a disclaimer that said this might not apply to every human being in existence like if you're on eight medications including a narcotic you probably shouldn't stop taking your medications because you switch to a vegan diet
2: i agree that part was that part was a little reckless
0: like but no now kyle my question is this why didn't you mention any of this shit in the beginning? Like you were like, I don't know, guys. It's got a lot of good points. I the better did. question said, is why you would watch it and say I want to do what this documentary said. Well, because because we better question, on. Kyle. Kyle, you're no longer getting the question. Russ, do you think less of Kyle now that you've seen the documentary?
1: I think Kyle is an impressionable human being at this point. <laughs> I'm I'm slightly worried for
0: him.
2: No, we should uh, wait. No, I bet you. Remember, I'm interested. On. I'm Kyle, wondering if I think Kyle. I, I think,
0: Kyle I have an idea I'm let me point. give me give me give me crossing broad you just gotta trust me just give me I, it i really think that if kyle fall for that shit after after
1: that watching that documentary i have a bad feeling that kyle started looking up the conspiracies between the sponsors and do and donors of big com, of uh big non like the american cancer society and that american, part was actually american well part. done
2: that part is oh actually gosh. well done.
1: He's he's like got his tinfoil hat out. He's like they're all in on it. That, Tyson's that, that, giving money. Tyson's giving money, and they're they have all these chickens, and they're increasing cancer and cancerous like Russ. Uh, but that, that part, I, like,
2: that part is legitimate. Though those organizations do exist for like they are corporate backed organizations, and there's there's many cases of, of things like that where companies back certain organizations, and you know they only go so far in. In what they can say, because of where the gravy train comes out, I actually thought that part was well done. I'll point out that the f- after the first time we talked about this, I said some of the guy's tactics were very cheap, and some of the things he did to illustrate his point were were misleading. Specifically, calling people and acting like the, you know they're supposed to be caught off guard by his ridiculous questions. What you what you left out of your entire thing is the fact that if you look up the doctors that he had on there, the one guy is the head of health at the Cleveland Clinic, which is the um, I arguably the best hospital in the country. My Mom actually had open heart surgery there, and those people are the very, very top of their field. So they had legitimate, they didn't just have quacks on. They had legitimately, um, legitimate doctors who have My girlfriend
0: track watched and went, I don't know who these doctors are, but to get paid this amount of money to say the nonsense they're spewing is criminal. That was her response.
2: I, dab- I, I, wondering, would, I, I doubt they were paid one. for that.
0: Kyle? What?
2: All right, Come we on, need man. To,
0: we need to move on, Kyle, because uh, it's getting worse. I f- at this you, point, you Adam, if we don't keep, get paid keep to this appear going, in a
2: documentary like that, or you certainly don't get large sums of money. At this point, I think that if we keep going
1: down this road, Kyle's going to end up like Milton in office space. He's just like, I just want to be left alone. Well, that I want to be left alone, alone with my with my documentary. Just Kyle, are alone.
0: you screwed? I can't believe Flash is being... This another thing that's not related to Philly Sports. Flash is being killed off? Adobe Flash? It's crazy. Uh, and Microsoft Paint. Well, I use Microsoft yes, Paint. In-
1: Microsoft Paint is supposed to be uh, going the way of the dodo in the fall.
0: Wow. Moment of silence yeah. for all of us Jimmy that it. ever that ever tried to create something in Microsoft Paint for a project or used Microsoft Paint to like write things into or, or draw, draw you a were penis. bored and you had nothing to do and you just drew <laughs> shit in Microsoft Paint. And Microsoft Jimmy paint, Kemsky's career. Yeah. Jimmy, what the, the hell is paint? Jimmy Wow. wow? What's yeah, he, he, was, he was upset about it yesterday i mean microsoft paint was the original photoshop moment uh, of silence for microsoft paint hey trash truck i'm trying to do a, a moment of silence asshole <laughs> all right that is a custodial engineer a sanitation he never expert to microsoft paint all right kyle uh Kyle, you started late today because you were getting so much information for a big rant you wanted to go on. What did you want to talk about? Uh, the
2: uh, so the, the New York Times uh, football concussion study. Would either what? of you guys, Russ? Russ, will you let your kids play football? on Adam, if and when you have kids, or if you just skip the young portion and adopt a bunch of four year olds? No, my
0: kids are playing basketball. Come on, yeah, I agree. Mine are I'm too. looking at contracts. I don't even care about head injuries.
2: Russ, what right? you?
0: I'm trying to get that guaranteed money. We got a man up there, Kyle. Got to let your kid go out there and hit his head a bunch. Um, you are from ki- Yeah, I, Russ's I, uh, kid's playing soccer, lacrosse, high ally, and bad. Yo, La- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about lacrosse.
1: Lacrosse is rough, man.
0: Yo, your kid's going to wake – your man, I want to – oh, you already have kids. Never mind. Yeah. Would you let him play that?
2: football, Russ? Um. I – it's taking me a good seventy seconds to get an answer to it, yes or no? Question.
1: No, I, I'm. Hey, whoa, no, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, that is that no is no the pot calling day. the kettle black, there, fella. <laughs> um, now I don't think I will,
0: but yeah, I. my I, kid's gonna play flag football.
1: Yeah, like I think that's okay. Flag football's well, yeah. is fine. Um, obviously, I'll let let them play soccer. I would love them to play basketball, but they are cursed but with Russ, uh, being so
0: many head injuries in soccer.
1: There are. is that. That is, a, that is know very are. true. Yeah, the concussion rates in girls' soccer are actually almost comparable to uh, high school football. What, what's uh,
2: interesting with the the CTE report, uh, CTE in general, but the report in the New York Times, if no one saw it. Uh, they tested, I think they tested over 200 brains. Of the 111 former NFL brains they tested, 110 showed positive signs for CTE. Now, to be fair, these were all brains that were donated by families who suspected that their loved ones had CTE. So they acknowledged right up front this isn't a representative sample of every football player but it was interesting that basically everyone who thought that their loved one had it indeed did have it um i'd hate to be the family of the one guy who did not have it and they're like oh that was just crazy and there was actually nothing wrong with him like that had to be a little bit of a weird letdown um but
0: i don't so i i I, I don't understand why this oh we're gonna finish i'm sorry
2: so, so the thing with cte is though it's not just about the and the way everyone talks about it, it's the big hits or whatever, it's not. Like, it, it's actually, that's why it's so prevalent in linemen. It's all those, like, little concussive blows that you have that you don't really feel, or you feel like you got your bell rung, or you don't even notice, and your head just kind of jittering around. So it's really hard. Like, people say, well, kids' football isn't as fast. They don't have the big knockout blows. That's true. But if you're a 12 year old lineman, you're still. Clanging heads with someone all day long And those are the things that, that Really do the more damage than The big blow, the big blow is obvious You notice it out now, all that stuff But you know, no one knows if you have just continuously Are like nudging your head against a brick wall You know There was a study from Penn that came out
1: I think um, it was the first week of July And it was a, a Long term survey data For um, football players from high school From, it was specifically I guess 1957 and it was it was showing that there's no correlation. At least in 1957, there was no correlation between brain injury that happened in football players, uh, high school football players, versus non-football players. Now, of course, the question there is: Is it a matter of bigger, faster, stronger? Obviously, that has a lot to do with it. And how different? Um, how different was the equipment? And you know, I think every year we kind of have the conversation about. In the, in the NFL and in college and even in high school, the equipment is so sound that when you're playing the game, you, you kind of use that almost as a, um, a safety net. You know, like, rugby players don't have the concussion issues that football players have because that is your head going into another person's head. You don't have this false sense of security of, of a helmet.
2: So Yeah, I, there have been, I think, many people have argued that if football were to bring back just leather helmets... As crazy as that would sound, it would actually be safer because guys wouldn't lead with their head. They wouldn't block with their head. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't put their head into those spots. I, I would agree with that. I, it so would be such he, a radical Malcolm Gladwell type move that no one would ever do it. But that's that's like actual counter thinking that seems to make sense.
0: I, um, I, there is no conversation that makes me tune out faster than an updated CTE study uh, one. We just talked about how it's painfully obvious about your diet that you shouldn't consume sugar, that you shouldn't eat bad things. Everybody fucking knows that playing in the NFL or playing football at any kind gets you concussions at this point. What we learned recently was that the NFL was lying to the players and we're waiting to see if a lawsuit is going to actually cause any reparations for their lying and deceit. And what the NFL did was disgusting. But the conversation about like... Wow, it causes CTE. Like if you don't know that now, you're you're you've been under a rock. Like everybody knows, and the conversation about whether or not you let your kids play, like yeah, like I I would say majority people won't do it, but there's a lot of cultures in our society, and everyone has the right. Look, if you want to do it, do it. But the leather helmets thing to me is like. It's just like, you know, what if they got an NFL team in Bucks County? Like, it's not going to fucking happen. Like this is a billion dollar industry, just like the food industry is a billion dollar industry that has a ton of lobbyists and a lot of people that want to protect their investments. They are not going to do that shit. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, do you guys really find this topic interesting? Like, I think CTE to football players is like, hey guys, oh avocado, that's a healthy fat. Like everybody fucking knows. You know what I mean? Well, I think, f- I think first of all, no one. No one's literally like.
2: arguing that, they should, that they're that they going or should wear leather helmets. I think that it's more of a discussion of, hey, this, this would actually potentially is counterintuitive as it sounds. Yeah, but
0: it's not going to happen. And I understand. My first thought is, let's talk about some Philadelphia sports. Like, I don't, I don't, this seems unnecessary to me. Okay. How about Nick Williams? What a yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, I mean. The future of the Phillies. We haven't talked about the Phillies, I think, ever.
0: Well, I'm well, down. Five- Abduble, we are- Herrera got benched last night for not running out anything and being a complete bum. The Eagles just started training camp. I got a lot of good questions here on the Twitter account uh, that Kyle sent out that are some questions that we can get to. I just think I was just mainly trying to make a point to you guys that don't you think the CTE discussion, there's officially nowhere else to go right now until the NFL does anything? That's, like, the only point. Yeah, Probably. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean
2: it's it's not it's a problem that the the football is going to continue to fight, but every time the the thing is every time one of these studies comes out, you know, I'm always amazed that people will watch UFC and see guys get bloody to a a you know, a dangerous threat of life pulp at times in the ring and will pay $80 to watch it or even boxing. You know, you'll you'll they'll put on these huge pay-per-view events and people will watch it. And yet there when it comes to football the moral outrage is like oh well god these guys are hurting their head like i just feel like football is getting to a spot now where those other sports have been where it's like if you're watching it and participating in it you're going into it knowing that this could be detrimental to your health but i think the media like moral outrage is kind of weird because these same sites that will write about the dangers of football will also have an entire section dedicated to ufc on their site which is fine but like, don't don't wave your hands about football, and then turn around and write about how great UFC is and promote the McGreg- you know Conor McGregor and stuff like that. So, I, I think that the each time one of these things comes out, though, what is interesting is that you will convince more. Like I'm listening to 97.5 on the way home last night, and they're talking about it and they're taking calls from people saying, "Hey, are you going to let your kid play football?" and every time one of these comes out, some percentage of people are who haven't been convinced that football's not good for you. And I I don't know if it just talks about like those far-flung communities like you're talking about, Adam. I have plenty of neighbors who who, you know, have many of kids who live right near me who are still playing football and no, I think I mean. every time one of these studies comes out, it's like some people will will not let their kids play football and in 15 years I think is when you're really going to see the impact on the NFL because the talent pool is will be lessened some percentage less than it is now I think that's the interesting well, part well they're
0: all going to play fantasy football and that's a lot more important than than you know whether or not they play football at a young age. I just, I think that the NFL, we've all, but that's like another storyline. It's like we all know the NFL is slowing down in its control over sports and the NBA is growing and that eventually the NFL is going to have to go worldwide if it wants to continue to make a profit because that's where more money is. But like, I don't know. I just, I just, I hear these discussions and people like, it's like they forgot they had the discussion six months ago you know like my question would be another fucking report comes out and nothing has been accomplished from the last one to this one we're still having the same discussion that's my issue is everyone's like are your kids going to play football and really it should be lawmakers haven't done anything about this you mean that the nfl hasn't even paid up to its alumni you mean that we have the thousands of players that are sitting at home dying of brain disorders right now because of what happened to them and it's not being covered like no one asked that question they just go but will your unborn child play football it to me it's all ridiculous because i i think people don't give a shit because they're not related to the people playing football and inside their heads they're really going yeah but uh Am I going to be able to play my fantasy football on Sunday? I know that you guys are going to get hurt, but, like, you still going to play? Because uh, I got fantasy football to play. That's pretty much what
2: I think, actually.
0: (laughs) That's what I mean. So, like, when everyone's like, can you believe it? Can you believe there are concussions in football? I go, yeah, they're banging their heads together. How do you not get that? Like, Like, hey, newsflash. I can't wait for the study that comes out in 10 years that says using a cell phone next to your ear causes brain cancer. And we're going to be like, oh, my God, we did that for 20 years. It's like, yes. Can you explain Wi-Fi and how it goes through your brain? Like, I can't. And when that study comes out, I'm not going to be shocked. Just like I wasn't shocked when the football guys had CTE. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Just let's, like how listening to Crossing Broadcast makes you a happier person. There's a direct correlation. That is, true.
2: that is true. pulling my Bluetooth headphones out as we speak. All right, so I've let, let me... Uh, it
0: I, Russ, here, do you no, have anything? You, are you going to keep going or can I change the topic?
1: No, I was going to change it. I I, I wanted to, to hit the Phillies for like a minute. Go, Russ. So we've got five days until the MLB trade deadline. And here's a little bit of an update. For those of you who have or haven't been watching, Nick Williams has been... Tearing the cover off the ball, um, which is good. It's a good sign that we finally have a prospect of who can hit the ball. That's pretty important because most of the guys who get paid the most money on the team apparently don't know how to do that. Here are some names that you might want to look out for uh, after the the trade deadline passes for call-ups. Baseball America uh, ranked the Phillies' midseason top 10 prospects. Nick Williams is on this list, so it is a little bit out out of date. But number one, Mickey Moniak, two, Sixto Sanchez, Three, Scott Kingery, who you might have heard of. He's a second baseman. We'll circle back around to that in a second. Uh, four, Royce hot uh, Hoskins, first baseman. Five, Jorge Alfaro, the, the catcher. Six, J.P. Jf- Crawford, shortstop. Seven, Adam uh, Hazley, outfielder. Nick Williams came in at number eight, and he's the only one who's up in the pros. Um, nine, Adonis Medina is a relief pitcher. And then Franklin Killam is a, uh, right, a uh, relief pitcher. So... Here's the issue that we run into: um, the I, the Phillies have not shown a propensity for wanting to call up their young guy, their young guys, and keeping up some of these vets that just aren't doing their job. So the question is: Are they going to continue to tank for the rest of the season, or are they going to finally have a bit of a youth movement, still lose games, but at least give people a reason to come out and see the team in September? And uh, and I am thinking they're probably not going to.
2: Well, I think part of the reason is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm fairly certain that they don't want to start the MLB clock on a lot of these guys' contracts. If they keep them in the minors, I don't know about individual situations, but I'm pretty sure with a good number of these guys, if they keep them in the minors for another year, then their MLB clock doesn't start, and then they're under team control for a little while. So their thinking is, why bring the guy up, blow him on a year that – you know, we could potentially be really good in several years, so why why cut this guy's contract a year shorter by giving him a year of MLB eligibility? I think that so is the pragmatic that, thinking for that.
1: I think that usually holds holds truth, but in the case of a guy like JP Crawford, who we've heard for years was gonna be Jimmy Rollins' heir apparent, right? Last year at AAA, he hit two forty four. This year two thirty. Last year, on base percentage three twenty eight, this year three thirty eight. His OPS is up a little bit. He's a guy who has not benefited from staying in the minors. What, like, at what point do you say we need to see if the kid can play in the pros or not?
2: Or at what point do you say he's just not good? Like, this is the thing. Uh, okay, I mean, but he then why not call him up in a, in a lost a season? There.
1: Wouldn't it be better? Because, like, you could argue in July he's hitting three he He's got six home run, 13 RBIs. Great. Why on earth would you let him stay down in the minors? Like, if you don't know if he's a good player or not. Shouldn't we find out at some point if the guy can play in the pros? Russ, he's 22.
2: He's Are we going to let, we, like, let him sit down in time. the minors
1: until he's 26 or 27? Are yeah, we going to repeat the past with, with Chase and Ryan Howard again? Like, right, is that let, where we're going with this kid? Th- whatever because,
2: they did with – hold on. Hold on. Whatever they did with Chase and Ryan Howard worked out quite well um the the, yeah and you can make the
1: argument that they waited way too long to call those guys up
2: no the what happened with chase chase was eight eight pounds when he came up Uh, the what happened with chase the big mistake with chase is that charlie Manuel kept placido polanco in what was it 2004 or 5 and didn't allow chase to be the starter that season and they realized the error of their ways by the next season that was that was the thing that held up chase ryan howard came up when ryan howard should have came up um I mean, you could argue that maybe three months earlier he could have came up because he was mashing in the minors. Crawford is 22. You can't just go calling up every 22-year-old who you think has, who is struggling in the minors, but you think could be good in the, in Major League Baseball. You got to pay these guys. Their clock starts ticking. If the guy can't hit, if the guy can't hit double and triple-A pitching with consistency, he's not going to hit Major League pitching. This isn't, this isn't basketball or hockey where it's like, well, you know what, the guy's has all the tools. Maybe he's disinterested in the minors. Let's see what he does the speed of play pitching is a very like uh binary game you're you're facing good pitching or you're not it doesn't matter you could be playing on the moon if you're facing a guy who's throwing 90 miles an hour oh, maybe not the moon, there's no gravity, but you get the point. Like, it doesn't really matter where you're playing in baseball, you're facing pitching. And if he can't hit pitchers that are less consistent than the guys up here, it doesn't make sense to call him up. To me, like, the whole thing with Crawford, and we talk about these lists, I feel like every fucking year for the last five years, there's been a list. Oh, such and such from the Phillies is number two on Baseball America's Best Prospects. And again, tell me how many times this has worked out. And that's not to knock the Phillies, but it's to knock the, it's to point out what a crap shoot baseball scouting is because it's such a sport that doesn't rely on tools It relies on guys learning how to hit and work the count and work the strike zone and improve their fundamentals and improve their their eyesight and there's a million different things that go into it then unless you draft a Bryce Harper type player it becomes really difficult to project which guys are going to be great like look at judge came up at the end of last year and he was terrible he comes up this year and he's the best player in baseball things change overnight and that's the like i guess the phillies have tried this sort of tank thing and they're doing it with cluntack and to me that's the frustrating thing because it's when in basketball you could draw a line from what the sixers were doing to their draft picks and there's a much higher percentage of top picks in the nba becoming good and in baseball i feel like that is that is why people are so disenfranchised with the Phillies. There is a way to continue to build your farm system, but you don't need to have a top five pick every year to do it. You just need to kind of be sane and not trade those guys away. And that is the frustrating thing because the Phillies have put shit on the field. They've been bad now longer than their playoff stretch was, which is kind of shockingly disappointing. That, to me, is the most frustrating part because it's like you could be doing this without... Cause you can't count on minor leaguers and Crawford is yet another example. It's great to see Nick Williams doing good, but I don't have any confidence in Alfaro or any of these guys like, yeah, they're good. You know, they're highly like we, they have a high upside, but you know, Tommy Joseph was supposed to be a huge high upside guy and he's at best going to be a middling MLB player who looks like he's 92 years old. I'm glad we got that off our chest. <laughs> Let's move on. Does it feel good? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, Like, do you guys – Adam, I'd be interested to get, like – so you're in New York. Do you uh, – 2007 to 2011, the Phillies were must-see TV for everyone in the area. Obviously, the the ratings are down. But you go to a bar at the shore on a summer night. The Phillies game is on. People are actually paying attention to it. People are following along. Like, every night, it was, like, the thread of summers for a few years to, hey, what's going on in the Phillies game? No one cares now. Is there, like – it's like, do you even ever have an inclination to be like, "Hey, I want to put the Phillies game on tonight"? Because I yes. don't. And Sunday, I Sunday,
0: Sunday when I was down the shore and they were playing, I think it was the Brewers at one. Um, I got it on. Uh, my parents, uh, no, I'm not mean to rat them out. They're stealing cable. My brother set it up because uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's a goon. Uh, they're listening to this right now. And now they're upset. It's not illegal, Mom. Sorry um uh, <laughs> your parents, yes we your watched the game. listen to the pod? That's, we watch the okay. game on Sunday and then like if it for me it really depends who they're playing like I know they got the angels coming up uh they have Houston right now um I always I'll watch like the I'll try and watch the first game of a series just because it usually devolves after that but I was definitely interested after what were they for their last five before this series um so yeah I, w- I wanted to check it out but no I mean not a lot like the Phillies, it's I'm kind of using it as my time to take a break and get ready for the Sixers and Eagles. You know what I mean, and and see what uh, Nolan Patrick has. The Phillies are just so far away. Yeah, but it's it. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't go know. ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I just get mad because like I, I come back to the point like I I get what Kyle's saying about not wanting to start a guy's clock because you know that means you'll eventually have to pay them more, but. You're playing in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap. You're playing in one of the largest sports markets in the country, and you've got a billionaire owner. Like, I think you can afford to let at least one of these guys come up and either prove you right or prove you wrong. That's all I'm saying. Like, and I think it's a shame that they won't go out and even try to acquire mid-level talent. Like, they're going out and scraping the bottom of the barrel for guys so they can just field a team. Like, they've essentially taken the Marshawn Lynch kind of approach. Like, we're just here so we won't get fined. Like you you have to field a team and that's it. That that I think is my biggest frustration. It's not even like they're in a sport where they've given out an Ilya Brisgalov contract and they're hamstrung. I know there's a they did an amnesty buyout, so it's not a good comparison. But like you don't have a bad contract that's preventing you from going out and acquiring talent. You just have an unwillingness to do it. The in set. a sport in, in a sport that when you draft a guy, they almost never, with the exception of like Steven Strasberg, they almost never make it to the pros within the first year or two. Like, the, this, is, this isn't this is even, like, planting the seeds to hope that you can reap the harvest later. Like, it, they are so far off from being a respectable franchise, and they could fix it so simply.
2: And it, and it I think that's the biggest frustration. And, and that might be something they do if they make a trade with the Marlins or someone else to move the ball forward. They can—that's the good thing with being a team with money in Major League Baseball, which the Phillies certainly have. You can— you could fix it. There are many other outlets. The NBA and, and NFL, that's that's a lot trickier. So the Phils can move the ball forward. The question is whether Klentek was going to do that. And Howard Eskin asked him over the weekend if he felt pressure to move guys like Howie Kendrick, who are here on one year deals and stuff. And he pressed him on it, which actually, as much as I bash Howard, and I hate to defend him because I defended him once last week and, and he was fucking flat-out wrong. But... um It was actually a reasonable question. Like, look, man, you got guys like Kendrick here. They have a little bit of value. You can move them and get something for them. Your team is obviously in the shitter this year. Do you feel a little pressure to get that done? And Klintak rolls his eyes and says, that's a ridiculous question. And it was funny for him to call out Eskin, but it actually wasn't that bad. It was like, look, you... Because Contact said, cause well, he, he we asked could do same things question in the three times. Well, he said, but yeah, but Contact's like, well, we could do things in the winter. And Eskin's point was like, yes, but you have guys here on one year deals who like are gone so. in the winter anyway. Can you potentially get something for them now? Otherwise, you get absolutely nothing for them. I thought it was a reasonable question. And
0: well, like, how sad is it that our all star was
2: Pat Nishak? Like, of all these young guys, all these young—you may have mentioned this before on the show, Russ— but of all these young guys who are standouts at the All-Star game the last couple of years. Like, the the MLB has such a youth movement going on right now. And the Phillies, who are rebuilding and quote-unquote tanking and have all these guys who are supposedly high upside prospects— the entire league is sending 20-somethings to the game, and the Phil send their rent-a-reliever, Pat Nishak. Like, how fucking embarrassing is that? That you are the one team who's, who's stockpiling young talent, and yet every other team is the team that has a, a 26-year-old there for the first time, and you're sending your reliever because literally you had no one else who could even closely fit the bill. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There are two teams
1: that play in the summer, and they're both doing the same thing, and it's equally as frustrating for both. They've, they've gotten low-level talent and guys that would not be you know considered key acquisitions on any other team in the league. And instead of playing young guys that they claim have great promise and great potential and could theoretically play, they refuse to play them. And so what we're subjected to in this city is two Philadelphia teams in the summer that are going to miss the playoffs and are not even really in contention to make them. And it's a shame. Because in either case, either team could easily take over the city for the summer if they just spent some money and they tried to field a, a legitimate product. The union.
2: The union could not take over the city for the summer. I they would,
1: could take over being no. a team of the summer because nobody's no, going can't. to to Phillies games.
2: They could take over being popular in their own right. And this, I'm not trying to knock soccer here, but they, I'm not they saying that they're going to be more Philly.
1: popular than like no. I okay. Let me reword that. They could retake the, or they could take over the the mantra of being like the team to watch in the summer.
0: Obviously, Look, that that Russ's doesn't point, stand up to, to like, Russ's point up here in New York. No one, no one messes with the Yankees, but NYCFC packs it out because they have like international superstars on their team, but all sure. their games are like sold out.
1: You know, like the the Union have a bunch of guys that are making three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars, and they they continue to cry poor. The, the guy they spent the most money on is Alejandro Bedoya, who's a glue guy. He's not, like, the top guy. And then I watch the LA Galaxy. They're going to spend $5 million on Jonathan Dos Santos, the Giovanni Dos Santos brother. And, and like, again, we're in a top media market, and I, I get that when Jay Sugarman bought into the to the team, like, it wasn't on this idea of going out and acquiring, like, a David Villa like NYCFC has. But to, to act as though you don't have the money to go out and spend on a guy and to spend, like it's been three years now where they've talked about getting a legitimate goal scorer and they haven't done it they brought in a guy who like once played for arsenal's academy like that's the best we can do in philadelphia like that's a shame <laughs> right. and and it's just it, that's why it sucks to follow five teams in philadelphia because they all do similar things and when they both decide to do the same thing in the same summer year after year it gets, equal, like it gets even more depressing than somebody who doesn't follow the union at all. Because then you're just stuck with the Phillies. And right. you can write them off, but it sucks.
0: Let Sorry. us do uh, some Twitter responses to Kyle. I think there's some good stuff. Uh, first up, Jacob, Jake F-A-H-S. Who would win in a fight? Let's go quick here. Chris Christie or a squirrel?
1: Squirrel. That squirrel's Actually, got, got just mobility. There's no way he'd catch it
2: yeah most likely, likely the squirrel he's a little more agile nipping, however however nipping. one if he gets into one squeeze of Christie's hands he's lunch so I, I give I give 60 40 odds to the
1: squirrel unless he has fried chicken grease on his hand then that little squirrel will pop up whoop, and then back down on
2: his head reasonable
0: um, sh- sh- Patrick Connolly spend some time discussing the mortgage interest deduction as a form of regressive taxation it could be lit it's a great comment what the Wow. Heck? Uh, All right, well, no, we'll that's legitimately a tweet, for, for Patrick Connolly. I appreciate you. That's fucking awesome. That was really funny. Uh, processing. This is Eric Chase. How do you feel about Etan taking over middays? Eitan Eitan Chander. He's not taking
1: over middays, according to Eitan Chander himself on uh, on Twitter. On was Monday. Ah, uh, ninety-seven-five middays, which oddly enough, the the station no longer recognizes Harry Mays on their official Twitter account. They they say again, like Mike Mizzanelli in the afternoons and Anthony Gargano in the morning. No mention of the midday show, and the midday show also took Harry Mays' picture down. Um, they they said that like the wording was something along the lines of every day, A- um, Harry Mays and Aton Shander will be taking you you know driving you through the day every day from whatever time was it ten to two, and people started ripping Aton Shander apart. And uh, they're like, he's the worst. And then Aton Shander kept like kind of troll responding. And then eventually they're like, so is this official for for good? Hashtag bring back Bruno. And um, he was like, I've only been told that I'll be here for a week. They haven't committed past that. So, you know, if you're if you're worried about it, I don't I don't think he's got an official word yet that. Uh that he's in for the long haul.
2: No, he's most likely not. I don't know this 100% sure, but I would assume he's a guy who is just not on a contract and he is just working there. I mean, there are there are differences. So people have contracts and people who are just working there. Uh, I, I, I'm two things on Harry. I would suspect that. Potentially, they're not advertising him in a time slot because they're not exactly sure where he's going to be. Maybe it winds up in the morning. Maybe he's back in middays. But I do think, like, it'll be interesting to see. We've talked about this before. I think Harry is is one of the best guys there. He's entertaining. He's kind of down to earth. He's like an everyman, but he's he's good on the radio, and he actually connects with people. I feel like Gargano and Missinelli have been doing this for so long that they're content not maybe not gargano's contempt certainly mike's does but i think gargano's shtick has worn thin whereas anthony is or harry's like seems genuine and with the right partner he would be really good i'm i'm blown away that he is continually seems to be like on the b crew of whatever they're doing Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, I, another one here from uh, Stephen B., Bisha 1969. When does Angelo Cataldi retire?
1: It's supposed to be at the end of the year, right? Like, his contract's up. He hasn't definitively said that he's going to retire, but that seems to be the prevailing notion.
2: Yeah, he said okay. a couple of years ago when he signed this in an interview that this was most likely his last one. Um, there are some people in the local radio uh, circles who believe. That he's super loyal to Rhea and Al, and there's more than a few people who think that he actually would have been happy hanging it up. I mean, he's made plenty of money over the years, but he actually may have taken the contract. So he knows once he leaves that Al and Rhea are no longer going to be a part of whatever the morning show is. So there's some people who think he did it just so they would get another contract because they do get paid pretty well, but you know their boat is kind of tied to him. Or their ship is kind of tied to his dock, whatever the fuck the saying is. So, uh, I don't know if he's done, but uh, a lot of people commend him because they think he may have taken a contract just just for his, so his co host can keep working.
0: Interesting. You don't think they just keep them at there at the at the station? I mean, I don't think
2: they like let them go, but I, I th- I'm pretty sure once he's done, you're going to come in with a whole new morning show trying to put. Just, just replacing Angelo and partnering with Alan Ria, I don't think that works. I mean, that that's that, their show is very unique, and that is very much like a th- a three man crew led by Cataldi. Like if if Alan Ria were to leave, like I, I just yeah, I don't, I think they it's a whole new show. I mean, maybe Ria that maybe one stays on, but I don't think you just plop someone into Angelo's seat and act like you didn't miss a beat. That show is so been so long running the three of them that would be very hard to do it would be like replacing you know the host of the it'd be like putting you know fallon in and then still having the um the guy from philly what was his name kevin eubanks or whatever like you don't do that you replace all the sideshow too when you when you do that we need
1: kyle to start shaking down his sources again i'm i'm starting to get a little bit worried adam kyle won't get this but i i think you will i'm worried that kyle's little birds you know he he's like varus he had his little birds getting him all the information and now rob torneau is like kyburn
2: i'm very i'm very worried for you kyle this happened with andy bloom so i could tell you exactly uh, so so andy bloom hated me and what happened is torneau torneau's a nice guy so I'm, I'm not gonna pick on him but philly.com realized that oh holy shit this radio like this radio reporting is a thing and so torno basically started doing exactly what i was doing and bloom real bloom hated me and realized that he could get his side of the story out there and torno wouldn't write it nearly as incisively as i would or critically and would just do it play it more straight up old school journalism which there's probably something to be said for that um without all the wars commentary and stuff so bloom went to philly.com and torno for their side of the story when bloom left A little bit of that changed and we got some stuff from the cbs side of things and i think what's happened over the past few months is i have sufficiently pissed off a few people enough at 97.5 where uh they may have gone to torneo i will however say that john marx's rant about um tony bruno driving that story about him being a potential morning show host there was was driven by bruno and miss robin and i that wouldn't surprise me at all because they did the same thing with me when he was trying to go to wip like strategically told me that they would be meeting with bloom and that we could report it at nine o'clock after the dinner actually took place so um, wow. i've been on that other side of their game so i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked if that
0: was the case here. So when you hear people pitching um, uh, like Bruno and stuff, after that experience, do you feel differently? Uh, in, in what regard? like are you like man I got I got had by them I see their games like whenever someone punks me like that I have a hard time like liking them again.
2: Yeah, no, because it wasn't. I mean, like, look, they were trying to to play the media game, which which everyone does to an extent. Was the meeting real? Yeah, oh yeah, the meeting okay. actually took okay. place, oh, no, and I he wound up a getting a job me. there. No, but okay. it, it was. They were definitely trying to, you know, put. They wanted that out there, so that part was was a little coordinated. So I've seen the way they do this. I suspect that there was a phone call with ninety seven five, and I suspect the conversation that if this is the case and Marx is right, and I kind of. I don't know this for sure, but I kind of feel that he most likely is because the way the story was written. There's a lot of talk about Bruno, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I could see the exchange being like, "Hey, people love Tony. We've talked to ninety-seven-five. Like Tony would love to be there, and the, you could let's put this out there for people, and you could write it so it's it's factually correct, um, but also." Um, you know being driven by one side and I think that happens in all media but I I would suspect that's what happened with Tourneau's piece so I don't look at them differently because it did happen they didn't lie to me and you know I'm like look if if you're telling me a fact I'm I'm happy to to let you be a source on this that's that's fine All right. Uh, Russell's over
0: here here sending out Game of Thrones gifs while we're talking yeah, you like that pod yeah you're a real Thomas big you're a real big social media savant i also want to give a shout out to russ i'm over here asking philly media questions and russ is jumping in like he runs crossing broad i appreciate your moxie russ well you know uh, kyle is the evil czar that's why i needed to hear what he was cooking up i'm like the high sparrow of this i'm, I'm done i'm done with i'm done with. I'm done with Thrones references. I'm not
1: any of these things. He's the High Septon. I'm I'm the High Sparrow. Except you can't I say a I'm done with fucker.
0: references and then make two more. references. Well, I
1: decided to jump back in. Is that like the White
2: Walkers? Or are those the no. White Walkers? Okay. I want to give yeah, a like shout how you, out like how Euron
1: Greyjoy is uh, is divorced. Yep. I want
0: to give a shout out to Fish M Fall ninety nine on Twitter. I posted a picture last night of me and this football player, and his response was, "That's young divorcee biceps right there." And uh, yep. I appreciate that. That's a loyal listener. And we have those here. Adam, I and didn't, it continues to shock me. I didn't get to listen to Sims and
1: go Did you guys take my question? Um, if you didn't, I just want to ask it really quick about the <laughs>
0: NFL. Um, do you think that Carson Wentz is too religious? <laughs> oh, no. I saw that. Uh, I will say this, though. Sims is concerned about Wentz's throwing motion from stuff he's seen lately. The new, the um, new throwing motion? Like the, the sped up one? No, like his. Yeah, like all of it. Um, really, and so I'm. We were actually going to talk about it on the pod today, but I will come back on Friday uh, and kind of, uh, or I might. I'll, I'll make if it's good. Like cause sometimes Sims gets worried about shit that I go. I don't think you should be worried, but if it's good, maybe I'll send the audio clip to Kyle. But. Um, because I've always been someone with Carson Wentz's throwing motion that has been like, you know what? I don't like the offensive line. I like the wide. I, there's a lot of excuses that can be made. But if there's actually something weird with it, um, I'm concerned. So I will share that on Friday depending on what you. A little cross-promotion there. I like that. Hey, you know what? It's very rare that I actually mentioned Bleacher Report on this podcast. Ah! Uh, <sighs> uh, oh, was that a, fake, was that a fake sip, Kyle? It, no, that was a shot.
2: It burns going down. Okay. Ugh. Did I I I'm sorry, I, I was
1: just on iTunes to look to see if we had any new reviews and there it's was It's really
0: uh, long, it's absurd. Rust. Yeah, but stop I, I feel like that one has I been a thing
1: before. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm just you know, I was sitting around for like thirty five minutes this morning waiting for Kyle. True and uh true. and I'm I'm just in rare form this morning.
0: Yeah, it's a long it's a long review left by all the names are taken that compliments but then mainly ends with can I just get a free T shirt? I'm pretty oh, sure this so. guy had done this before, though, because this says "edit," right? So I,
1: I feel like no, this he guy wrote that. post, like he had posted that before, uh,
2: and then he really wants it a so. T-shirt. I'll have to talk to. I don't. My, my wife runs the T-shirt game. That, that's going to have to be an executive decision on her part. Oh, Kyle, that, her. Kyle,
0: as a quote-unquote Lee as a quote 210 unquote, on Twitter, ask her. Kyle, as a quote-unquote unquote influencer, I? you know, if you just send me some of that swag, I'd really like to model it on my multiple social media accounts. Is that oh,
2: for you, dude? You gotta wear it with your kicks. You wear uh, it with your kicks. I, I gotta get so, you some As soon
0: as gear. I, as soon as I get a shirt, dude, I will rock it with my kicks and my snapback.
2: I feel like you would like to throw uh, back uh, Trust the process. Old school logo tee or tank. I probably ta- would. I'm, not a, tank a, I'm not a
0: tank guy. No. We have it
2: in t-shirt. All right, we have it in t-shirt. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a t-shirt, t-shirt
0: guy and a sneaker guy. I'm not a tank and th- and sandal guy.
2: Okay, this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> this, is, this is. I this
0: find a, a direct oh, correlation. flip flops!
2: I know you you disdain uh, adults who wear flip flops. So yeah. I told you guys I ordered them for on Prime Day. Got my, they came uh, I guess two weeks ago now, or a week and a half ago. Um, you know when you you take up on new flip flops, they inevitably like chafe you in one spot and give you some sort of blister for a couple of weeks as you yeah. kind of wear into them. So I got two holes in the top of my feet. Uh, And I was walking around, walking the dog on several days where my feet just started bleeding. And I'm like grinding through it. I felt like I was in... Uh, I don't know. In fucking like Sparta, walking the dog out there with blood dripping down my feet. So, long story short, is I finally got little band aids to put over it until they uh, until now they you. toughen up. That is. Yeah. See now just I'm thinking about a man's pews. feet
0: with band aids, which is mag questionable and disgusting. Now there's uh, those little
2: good. circles. They got they cover the holes that the flip flops are putting in my feet till I I break them in a little bit.
0: So can we just cl- so can we clarify? I'm looking at a picture right now. There's this guy Maurice. He works in uh, the Bleach Report mag. Uh, like the magazine thing they do. He used to work at Barstool. Really cool dude. He's a big-time Sixers fan. I just, know Maurice well. Do, oh, do you? Oh, you do know Maurice. He has yeah. mentioned that before. Yeah. But he just posted a picture of Markel Fultz from an Instagram live stream where Markel Foltz is wearing a shirt that says... Ben, oh, at Joel, you. Dario, Markel, process complete. And Maurice tweeted, Funniest of all is that Jaleel Okafor is still a living human being and a teammate of theirs. <laughs> LOL, they don't even pretend. It's so That's, true. Yeah, like, this is kind of like... <laughs> it's so you... awkward that we're like, process complete, and Jaleel Okafor is like, hell yeah, and we're like, not you.
1: Like, I just want to point out the fact that, like, this would be... There, there's something that's been happening on Twitter that, that would be the equivalent of somebody asking Jaleel for if Joel Embiid is going to have a minutes restriction or not. Like He doesn't know anything about it, and he has nothing to do with it. I'd like to point out, Adam, I don't know if you get this or not, but I've been getting heat on Twitter about Monday's episode, and I've also had people trying to get a free t-shirt from
2: Crossing Broad from me. I have nothing to do with these things. Dude, you got to go to my wife for that shit. I don't know why people think you or I control those purse strings.
1: All right, so somebody please start up a Kyle Scott's
2: wife Twitter account. And no, she's send on all Twitter. Your they could tweet her. D. Lee. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, I don't even know exactly what I don't what her think she, is. Does
1: she want people to know what her Twitter is? Yeah, uh, D.
2: Lee 10. D-L-E-I-G-H 10. She doesn't ever Russ, tweet, Russ, but she's married
0: it. to Kyle. Likes and retweets are a family business, okay?
2: They are. Uh, they are. This is, this is rough.
0: You, uh, thought, right. you, you think Kyle is going to be with like a, a Buddhist monk that stays away from technology? Okay. She doesn't tweet, yeah, like, though. She's a not sworn, a
1: tweeter. Sworn to secrecy, sworn to a life without possessions.
2: Yada, yada, all right, yada. so is that it? That's it. Yeah, we got to wrap. Uh, I got to post it. Hopefully, the audio saves. So, how about LeBron to Philly? Crossing
0: broadcast. Thanks for dealing with all of our bullshit. For Russ, for Kyle, I'm Adam. We'll see you on Friday. Hit us up with weird questions on Twitter or five star comments on iTunes. It's Weird Question Friday. We're going to get you got it weird. We'll see you then.